We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Darren Ryder, what's up, buddy? How you guys doing? Uh, good. Happy Monday. Happy Christmas week. <clears throat> it is Christmas week. We get uh, some Christmas Eve football where it's going to feel like Christmas Eve, apparently, looking at that forecast. I think it's going to feel like we're in Antarctica. Yes. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not feeling great about having to drive home through it maybe on Friday night, but uh, the game itself I'm very excited for. Ice frozen weather. That's what it's going to be. That was this weekend, dude. I took the pup for – I took him for a few walks. And so specifically today – Yeah. All that snow that we had in Manaway, it, it like half melted, and I was ice skating for half of the three and a half mile, four mile walk. That the poor dog and I were pulling each other at different points <laughs> as my eye as my eyelashes froze and as I had just sweat uh, from my breath condensating in my beard. It was fun. You guys should do it. You guys should walk. D- Daryl, is there, is there any thought about like this weekend? Are they definitely gonna get this game in on Saturday. Yeah. Especially with with the travel concerns of New Orleans getting here. Yeah, nah, I think they're going to be fine. Um, listen, okay. I, I've covered a Browns game where my eye literally froze in the parking lot. It was that famed Steelers game. I think it was on a Thursday night. Wasn't and, that the one that kicked the Steelers out of playoff contention? Yeah. I was there, and, too. Uh, the wind chills were like 15 below zero. Yeah, no, I, I am not exaggerating when I say my eye froze and it was just one of them one of the most painful well i learned i quickly realized i need to close the other one or they're both gonna freeze (laughs) (laughs) and it was one of the most painful experiences ever i'd feel like that'd be an all or nothing kind of deal though right well um i guess one went before the other (laughs) so i trust you i i I believe in you it was it was like having a thousand pins just being stabbed into my eyeball. Um, yeah, that that was a pretty brutal uh, night. And, it's actually uh, a pretty good just, allegory for Browns football. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, every well, not every game, most every games, seventy five percent of the games end up being painful. Darryl, Last Saturday's game was not painful. Daryl, you mentioned it. The Browns get the thirteen three win over the Ravens. What'd you think of uh, Deshaun Watson's performance? I mean, he did what he needed to do. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think that that was uh, the the type of conditions where you're expecting him to light it up. He's not going to light it up uh, this weekend either. But he was effective enough, made a great throw to Donovan Peoples-Jones on a route that they practiced a thousand times starting in OTAs all the way through uh, the entirety of the offseason program, the veteran mini camp, training camp, and even practice during the week. So it was nice to see they score a touchdown off of something they've worked on a million times. Um, but yeah, I, he he did what he needed to do. And uh, uh, I don't expect that when uh, the weather is less than ideal that he's going to light it up. But um, he, he didn't make any critical mistakes that, that cost him. And uh, in that situation, that's really all you can ask for. 
Daryl, uh, in, in terms of the game plan and Kevin Stefanski's game plan specifically, did he do a good job this week? I mean, Nick Nick and I were talking about it earlier, and, and Nick thought he kind of held back Watson a little bit. I, I, I think he probably did, too, a little bit more conservative, but I think it was probably the right approach in a game like this. Yeah, I mean, you know, Nick Chubb got 21 carries, uh, almost hit the, the 100-yard mark there. He finished with 99. Um it's hard to tell with Watson how many of the six were designed runs or versus uh, RPOs or whatnot, but you know, in total, they ran it 33 times. Um, Watson attempted 28 passes. So from from that standpoint, Dustin, I I, I thought that there was a uh, I thought it was a good balance, uh, you know, run versus pass considering uh, the conditions. And I, look, I, I don't have any problem with a shorter passing game when you're trying to get Watson into a rhythm and kind of get him going a little bit there's no use chucking at 50 yards down the field just you know get him get get him warm you know nice short quick pat easy passes uh I I have no problem with that uh I wasn't necessarily crazy uh, about some of the play calling on um one of their goal line situations that resulted in the the short field goal I'm just glad that Kevin Stefanski took the three points and kicked uh, the short field goal uh, in that situation because points in the game uh, were at a premium. But um, overall, uh, I, I thought it was a pretty solid balance Saturday. Daryl, let's say the Browns finished 9-8 and eight, but missed the playoffs. Is the season still a failure? Yeah, because they missed the playoffs. Go on. I mean, they, they, they blew it in September and October. So let's, so uh, so Dustin and I were actually having this conversation earlier. Let's say we swap out that Jets loss, so you would have won that loss. You so you would have won that game, but let's say you swap it out for a loss against the Commanders. Yeah, but I'm not it's, doing that. Well, but but is the season really that different? Yeah, it is because you didn't blow a thirty to seventeen lead with a buck fifty on the clock, dude. That's you got to understand that Jets loss is an all timer. I, I, like of all the all the back crazy Browns losses since 1999, that one might take the cake. I just think it's weird, and I know this is not specific to you or Dustin. It's just weird to me that you had a did win we against... rank the losses since 1999? No, that's really all we have. No, it's not, Captain <laughs> Interrupter. Um, but no, it's weird to me that the Browns have won three of the last four games. Yeah. They're they're playing, and again, we can qualify every one of those uh, wins. We can qualify every one of those losses, but there's a realistic chance they could finish the season with a winning streak here, and it just feels like uh, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like anybody gives a damn. Six to seven, if they win out, right, and then that's that, that's where they can talk themselves into everything's on the right track and in all phases, and we can uh, bring everybody back for a fourth year and. That becomes kind of do or die for everyone. Uh, if if they in fact do win out, um, they're the they're the better team, and in my view, have home field advantage against the Saints this weekend. Washington's a, a winnable game, but the Commanders are just a pesky pain in the backside. Ron Rivera, you know, has that team uh, playing hard. Uh, watched the game last night, <laughs> execution and uh, some calls not going their way. Uh, did him in, but uh, and then of course uh, the Steelers, who just for whatever reason they won't die. Like I, it, it's incredible what Mike Tomlin is able to do in Pittsburgh. 
Um, they still have six wins in spite of uh, the quality of that football team down there. But each of their remaining three games is winnable. Uh, I said that they were going to win four of the six Deshaun Watson uh, starts. They're already halfway there in the win column. He's 2-1 and one as a starter. And um, I think that there's a pretty good chance that he goes 2-1 and one down the stretch. So from that aspect, wins and losses... Yeah, I mean they can they can sit there and see whether it's uh, six of seven or or five of seven. They can basically sell this off season to folks. Hey, man, uh, things went well down the stretch, and for a little more extended period of time than the Eric Mangini uh, four game win streak that uh, ended the 2009 season and saved his job. But you, I think you can sell to folks that things are headed in the right direction if they finish this season strong. I don't think it's just selling, folks. I think it actually might be proof that things are heading in the right direction, yeah? Well, I mean, uh, it's right, like, we got they could have easily packed it in at 4-7. and seven. Uh, they, they could have easily to, to that turned point, into a dumpster Nick, fire. I'll grant you that point. Right. They could have easily packed it in. They certainly did not look Saturday night like a team that uh, had, you know, packed it in and made their January vacation plans. I will grant you that. My issue is, especially on the defense, I'm just tired of hearing about confusion, seeing disorganization, and guys not knowing what on earth they're supposed to be doing on that side of the ball. That's the problem. And you still see some of that even with them putting together some good uh, defensive performances down the stretch here. That To me, that's the most fireable offense for Joe Woods, that – Either things are too complicated for these guys or they're just, for whatever reason, they're too confused on game day. And that's on you as the defensive coordinator. Your job is to teach these guys what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And there's just, it's it's been consistently bad on that side of the ball, whether it's miscommunication, a lack of communication, lack of, air quotes, technique. Um, or whatever excuse that they have come up with when things go bad on that side of the ball. Like, I just, I put it squarely on Joe Woods. And we always hear about, well, we got to slim down the menu. No, how about you have the menu slim to begin with, and then you expand said menu when it's appropriate to? Like, why is that so hard to figure out? Instead, every time there's problems, it's, well, we're going to slim down the menu now. We're going to take some off of guys' plates and things like that. No, you should have been, been doing that already. And this is year three with most of the same personnel. So that's why I just, I'm not sold on this defense being in good shape regardless of how they f- uh, finish this season. All right, so what if they go 9-8 and eight and fire Joe Woods? Is then it a success? Come on. I, I can hear the smile in your voice I, as I you ask that about. question. I'm just a very happy person. I know. You're just a, just a bu- bundle of joy over there. Um, no, I, I, I don't consider firing people a success. Um, no, I, it, 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 it's playoffs. To me, it, the expectation this year was to make the playoffs. And if you, don't, if, you, if you didn't achieve that, then you failed. I agree with Miles Garrett. So you know what? You can't pin it on me as saying that the season's a failure because Miles Garrett said that last Thursday. So I'm going to pin it on him. Yo. And I agree with him. Daryl, do you think that we um, take for granted Miles Garrett? 
I don't know. Do you? No, Nick thinks we do. Um, yeah, like the guy's having on pace to kind of top most of the things that he's done already, and it just doesn't feel like. And it, by the way, he's made a bunch of like late game, game winning type plays, which had been the thing that people held against him, right? And it just, just kind of seems like nobody else is pointing that out. That's all me. Well, I I did see somewhere today um, that he is tied with. Uh, T.J. Watt for the most sacks, I forget, maybe it's since 2000 or something like that, 41 and a half. They both have 41 and a half sacks. So I don't know if people or fans take miles for granted, but I I do kind of feel like for as great as he's been, for some folks it's still not good enough. I think that that, from my perspective, is how I would characterize it. And if you want to say that's taking him for granted, you know, that that's up to you. But that, I, I think that that's the way I, I really look at it, that for as great as he's been, I mean, this season he's averaging a sack a game. He's, what, 13 and a half sacks, so it's, you know, a sack in decimal points uh, per game, which is, that that's pretty good. That's that's nothing to uh, to, to sneeze at. Uh, and and you're right. He has made game-changing plays or altered the course uh, of games, not just this year, but last year as well. Um, and he's been doing that more and more. But yeah, I just I do kind of feel like sometimes for some fans that no matter how much Garrett does, it's still not good enough for them. Cade York, what would be good enough from Cade York? Needs to start making some more kicks at home. Uh, that 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 needs to happen. Um, I I pulled up the numbers yesterday because uh, I wanted to see what the the home versus road uh, splits were for him. And uh, I'll give them to you here. I'm pulling them back up here. Nine of fifteen field goals, fifteen of seventeen PATs at home. On the road, it's thirteen of fifteen field goal makes, and he's perfect. 14 of 14 on PATs on the road. So he's got to start making some more kicks here at home. But that's a look, it's a tough place to kick. Justin Tucker, of all people, missed a field goal, had another blocked. Um, you never see that really happen with him. So if Justin Tucker's missing field goals, I, I, I think I'm willing to give uh, Cade York, who's a rookie, a little bit of uh, latitude there. But um, it, I, I take away from his rookie season, he's going to have to learn First Energy Stadium, that's for sure. What do you think like the expectation should be for him for him next year? I, I said maybe it's a little too high, but I think he should have be like a Pro Bowl caliber kicker. I mean, the guy was drafted extremely high. Like, why why shouldn't he come into the league and have success right away? Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like after that fifty eight yarder opened the season, Dustin, he was he was on the on his way, destined to be. McPherson for the Browns, right? Um, and and that a just has why coach didn't have him try to kick the sixty-eight yarder. Yeah, well, <laughs> because it would have gotten blocked in return yeah, exactly. for a touchdown. That's why. Exactly. Um, he's already had some long fifty-plus yarders blocked, uh, and they were lucky that they were not returned for touchdowns. Into as Prefer explained last week, they had a bunch of big guys on the field, and the last thing he wanted is the big guys to have to chase down the fat, fast guy standing underneath the uh, the goalposts uh, ready to field the kick if it ha- happened to be short. So I don't have a problem with him not kick. Just the time and a place there. Like, I, I am – look, I am anxious to see him try a 65-yard field goal. I really am. 
This Saturday ain't going to be it, though. <laughs> Last Saturday wasn't it either. Uh, I, so I don't know when it's going to probably in a dome somewhere, right? But um, he has a strong leg. He, re- he has the talent. It's not a talent issue. I just think he's got to learn the, the stadium, the wind, and, and things like that. And that just comes with experience. Daryl, we got about 60 seconds, buddy. Uh, do you have any ideas on how the NFL can fix their officiating problems? Because that was the only thing as apparent as how great of a football weekend we had this weekend. Yeah, well, and my thing is is that with all the, the, with the uh, gambling going on now, right, the legalized sports betting, which of course begins here in Ohio is starting on the first of the year, it becomes even more critical. Like, you, you, you cannot have egregious misses that affect final scores when you have millions of dollars in, in uh, gambled money on the line. So my fix is eye in the sky. Have somebody in the booth that has the authority to buzz down to the officials and say, you messed up and you got to fix it. I think that that is the solution. I don't think they need to do two-minute or three- or four- or five-minute delays every time they look at something. But I think you can have somebody up in the booth that's watching things, say, I'm checking something out here real quick, hold the play clock, all right, looks good to me, go ahead, or, nope, you messed up, we need to fix it, this is what it should be. That, I think, is the fix. And you know what? It might add an extra 10 minutes to each game, but it's the NFL. Do you think people are going to complain about an extra 10 minutes watching a football game? You could have just stopped the, do you think people are going to complain? It's the NFL. (laughs) It's going to happen. I'm not advocating to turn it into what college football has become. Don't misunderstand me because those games now take five hours. It's like watching the Yankees and Red Sox play when you watch a college football game uh, these days with the review. But I, I do think that that is a fair compromise and so you know some of these roughing the passer penalties that aren't roughing the passer penalties the eye in the sky should be able to overturn those as well just so you know I I just feel like with the technology that's available it's it's okay the the officials on the field are human the most important thing is to get the 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 call in the end correct and if that means a guy up in the booth looking at tv replays to do it I don't see any harm in that, again, especially with all the gambled money that's going to be on the line. Daryl, that was longer than 60 seconds, but we still love you, and we appreciate you. Good stuff, buddy. You bet, guys. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.